on this episode of The Delta, we're going to be talking about four-day weeks and how we're trying to keep teachers in the classroom by giving them Mondays or Fridays off so that they don't actually give up on teaching that soon and kind of, I don't know, stay for a little while. <laughs> and but, comparing how interpreters and in other fields that also relate to education, how to progress their PD development so that they can continue, in, continue interpreting, continue yeah. with what they're doing as and, well. And, and how interpreting in kind of foreshadows what might happen to the education system if we're not careful. Right. Kind of what's happening over there. Yeah. But uh, I'm Nicholas Linky. This is my wife. Christina Linky. And uh, you're on the Delta. I thought you were saying together we're the Linkies. I thought that would be better. That would be so cute. Part of our sitcom. Sitcom. <laughs> Lead us in. <laughs> That's ish, the win. Ish. Yeah. It's, well, and it's like me, I do stay home a lot more with my job. Like way more. Because yeah. like I was in the classroom every single day and now it's I walk downstairs because I work from home. And I still work with the education system in another way, but it's ridiculously different than a 45-minute drive. Like it's like 45 minutes north one way and instead it's like, I don't know, not even four yards. Well, I think it's <laughs> literally you can go anywhere and work. But most of the time you're here. It's, yeah. I, and I don't know how you really feel, but sometimes I just wonder if so I'm a homebody. If I am not up, if I don't get up first thing, get dressed and put my shoes on and walk out the door, chances are I'm going to be home for the day. and It's going to be right. really hard for me to get out. Right. So that's why I like to schedule a, any appointment first thing in the morning, whether it's on a weekend or after my kids are out the door for school or right after school when I cannot go home first. Because if I go home, I'm done. Right. But you can go anywhere you want, work anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. And essentially, you don't usually. You end up staying here. Right. But you went from, okay, I have a schedule for each class. And I'm bell to bell to bell to bell to, mm -hmm. well, I've got meetings here randomly throughout the day. And then I also have to work on this other stuff randomly throughout the day. It just, I, it feels like it's for you a very jarring thing to have to deal with. And I know you've been doing it for a year and a half now, right? Right. Year and a half. And yeah. Yeah. Well, well let's talk about <laughs> that just for a second, like a deviation, but like, let's talk about that. Homework is a big thing for us right now yeah. with our son and our two daughters but like also like working from home like there's homework and then homework yeah you know yeah. like it's kind of this weird thing but i also talk about like we do have the four day of school week and it's also this thing that i keep pushing to the kids and saying like listen it's i'm convenient but unavailable like, I'm working right now on some very serious adult stuff, and it's like they have this halfway in between of, like, COVID still kind of in the background. Yeah. So, like, they would see me work from home for school, and now I am home, mm -hmm. and it's like, Dad, I just need this. And you're like, no, it's just Monday for me, which is a normal day. And for you, it's I don't know what this is supposed to be. But right. at the end of the day, I got barely anything really done and I kind of look at it and go, there's all of these schools that are now having to like go four days just so they can keep their 
stores open, not because they're saving money during the day, <laughs> because they have a day off or whatever it is. It's really because that way they have teachers. And if they have teachers, then they can have students. And if they can have students, they can have a school. And if they can have a school, they can have a town. <laughs> like, that's how that works. Yeah. So it's like, it's really interesting to me because some schools, like, they're already competing. The smaller schools are competing for teachers like qualified teachers and now we have people that are not certified we have people that are like i don't know they were doing like paris stuff and then they had to promote them kind of into that position temporarily and then it becomes a full-time gig and there's a lot of talk because teachers sometimes feel like they are veterans that it doesn't mean anything anymore yeah you know what i mean it's like i've i've done all this work i've got these degrees i have all of this stuff done and now I'm just sitting here not doing what I feel like I was trained to do because just on the hall, there's another situation going on that has not been trained. It's not the fault of that person. There's some amazing people out there that are just good at teaching because they can do it. They're just, they have the magic built into but them. But have not been formally trained. But they haven't been formally mean? trained. So they don't have the the knowledge base to back it up. Right. They don't have the strategies. They don't have all of the different things that they need to be able to be successful in the long run because there's a lot of burnout. You know what I mean? Like if you think you're reinventing, and this is what I'm really like, I want to ask you about this. When you feel like you're reinventing the real for yourself because you don't know the plethora of stuff that actually exists out there for you to just take on and all you're doing is downloading teachers pay teachers stuff over and over again and running. Right. Um, I know that that's an issue that we're facing, but we're trying to get around that by giving teachers the opportunity to come to the come to a school and stay there because it would be great if we had quality teachers so we entice them because we don't pay them anymore. But some of the teachers feel like they their degrees are diminished and other teachers feel like they've never actually gotten the degree and they don't know how. Because like they have a full-time job now. <laughs> there was um one of the teachers that I recently worked with she was talking um to someone else's me and someone else and she said something along the lines of I ran into some of my students from when I first started teaching mm -hmm. many many years ago and I've apologized to some of them <laughs> Like, I have no idea what I, I had no idea what I was doing back then. No idea. Oh. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so I feel like I'm not a teacher, but I feel like that I'm always learning too. And my, sometimes I look over at what I'm saying something and I know you're just thinking about what I'm saying, but you give me, when I say I'm always learning and you give me this like squinty eye oh, look. Well, that was actually, I, I didn't want to interrupt like, you. I okay. am learning. You're calling, thank you. Well, I was, was going to say, <laughs> are you learning how to add and subtract again in elementary school, Tina? <laughs> no, well, no anytime the kids talk to me about drawing something for square. them or working for doing something, um, like how are you such a good drawer? I was like, I don't know. I just started, I just started two years ago in this grade and when I, and I say the grade mm -hmm. and they were like, wait, what? Like, I was kidding. I, I, I was with your class a couple right. of years ago. Like, right. Never mind. Cause you have a, like that loop up type of situation yes. going yes. on. 
But it's really funny because you're always like, I'm always learning something and I'm always trying to unpack. Like that was that that was the face. I was like, yeah, like, you was definitely like, gave me it. You learn I, what? Am I are you <laughs> making a joke right now that you're learning, you know, colors again? Or are we going through and like being like, oh, no. I'm noticing a teaching strategy. I'm noticing the teaching strategies. Yeah. But for myself, yeah. uh, because each interpreting situation is different. Based mm-hmm. on what the educational team wants, the like the parents, the teachers, what everybody wants. And so making sure that I, I don't want to say conform, but I match my signing to what that student needs. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just always a new situation. So, And you're kind of picking up these strategies and skills. Uh, the teachers that you've worked with in the past or now or whatever it is, do, do you find that a lot of them are highly... Like they're educated throughout an education program or are they new additions through alternate ways of certification? Like, I'll just be honest. Like I was a non-traditional educator because yeah. I went and did biology and philosophy and got my bachelor's. Yeah, but what'd you say about your first few years of teaching? Garbage. Garbage. Like, absolute, I sucked. I was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> like, and, and it's the thing that you're like, you're like, wow, you're really confident in this now. And you're like, yeah, because I recognized when I went to this do is my not doctorate. The way to teach. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then I left. I was just like, okay, I, I got to go back to the classroom because I got to do something else besides this because grad school's, it's hard. And then it's, it's a, it's a hard, it's a reason why it's that way. But right. my point is, is that when I moved back to the classroom, like, oh, all of the philosophies, it was like permission to teach the way that I know that you're supposed right. to teach. Like, it's like, yes, bell to bell instruction is very, very, very important to be able to maintain the kids' attention, but also depends on like making sure the learning is personalized, assessing what they actually interested in, cultivating the lang- the not the worksheet to the class, but the lesson to the class. You right. know what I mean? It's like you have to kind of balance that all out and then you kind of get wrapped up in the very beginning of all of these educational courses and some of this stuff that it's like the science of teaching. Like you can, you can, anybody can do it as long as you know how to do it. And it's very mechanical. And then it's like later on, you're like, Oh, I have the magic. It's an art form. You know what I mean? It, it has right. that kind of thing. You can see some people, they just have, they don't know why. Well, and you were asking about the teachers having formal training or what right. I noticed. Sometimes it really is a crap shoot. You can have, because if you work at a school where there are student teachers, mm-hmm. then you get some student teachers who are really struggling. Mm-hmm. And then the student teacher in the classroom that I work in, fantastic. Yeah. Um, we've had conversations about things before. It's it and it's not only using everything you know like sure your background too and as far as your experiences now this student teacher has said that she has worked with kids for multiple years um in multiple settings mm-hmm. and then um also she has been learning in school and the other day she was talking about all the books and things that she grabbed each of the teaching philosophies from oh right yeah mm-hmm. um and so she she said, so I have everything. I have everything. I mean, I've read all those books and I've got everything in my back pocket. I just need to know which one to use when. And then you have some teachers from the same program mm-hmm. who just didn't get that. Not as confidence has to do with it, too. This student teacher, 
she came in. She they do their rounds with each of the teachers or whatever grades. How I don't I don't exactly know how that works. Right. And then in the end, they go, okay, well, who do you want to work with? And then that's a whole matching process, obviously. But even when she was in there, right, yeah. right, mm-hmm. Gryffindor, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about the magic of teaching, like right, yeah. the magic there you go, there of you teaching. Go. And so that was really good. Thanks. And so she came in, she had the confidence. She was able to, I feel like another big skill is matching the teacher's thoughts. Almost you have to be in tune. Oh, this is what normally happens around this time. Or, Oh, with this student, if there's a situation, this is what's going to happen. If you aren't confident in your decisions, First of all, the kids are going to eat you alive because they they can totally smell the fear. And, right. the, you know, the I mean, there was a few times when a kid was like, well, you're not even a real teacher. And she's like, no, I'm going to school to be a teacher. This is what I'm you're doing. You're not even a real student. Right. <laughs> like right now. Right. <laughs> like, right. Kind of being a turd. I That's mean, different than a student. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but there are so many things that go into it and you have to have so many of those starting out. Not saying you're going to fail, but I feel like those things, the t- the student teacher in our classroom, she's amazing and she's yeah. going to be amazing with her own class. Uh, I even told her today, I was like, hey, you got, there's with that face again. I, well, I, no, I, would just, I just feel like I should look at you. Can no, we no, have like a should. wall between us? Yeah. Well, I can put something, <laughs> um, but it would be, I was just thinking like you're talking about this and it's like this assessment strategy and like another layer to where like my first three years, like I failed miserably. Right. But then I learned how to fix it. Like, like kind of like a student teacher. So I'm not saying, saying everybody can't fix it. That's obviously no, why they're student teachers. No. I, well, and that's what I'm saying is like they're student teachers and we're all kind of learning the process. But it's this assumption that a teacher is supposed to have it all figured out. Like they're I definitely don't think she has to have it figured out. I'm no. saying the fact that she has all of this background stuff that she had already brought into the classroom. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There were other student teachers who came in and it was not the same. Um, Previous years, multiple experiences. I'm also not a teacher. I'm also not educated the same way the teacher is to be able to assess all these things. This is just my take on being in the educational setting for over, you know, 18 years. Yeah. And and I'm not critiquing any other teacher. What I'm saying is, is that like, it's really one of those things that we want this perfection from teachers, right? There's this high like level of flawlessness, right? But really right. like it's the modeling of failure and coming back again. Like a lot of the people that I mean, we have friends that are on the podcast that lawyers, right? I mean like Adams is just like 100%. That's what he does. And we talk about like the difference between teaching and the difference between like being a lawyer is like you get one shot, like you're a Hamilton, boom. Right. And, like I can clean up my mess the True. next day when I was in the classroom. Like I can just come in and be like, listen guys, this is the new information. Luckily mine was science so that I could unpack a new discovery or something so else. They didn't that know I what you were at. talking about anyway, so you could just say whatever. So, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. But my point <laughs> is, is that they really were pulled into me just saying, "Listen, we're discovering this spot like together." And I think that's where like some successful teachers come from. Is like the magic is actually like a little bit of honesty. Like Absolutely. It's, it's less wizardry. It's more like pulling back the curtain is the magic. It's like, listen, behind here, this is the guy that's doing the strings, right? But don't you think there's a level of Saying, I don't know, let's do it together versus I have no idea. 
So there is this perfect balance of, wow, my teacher is really humble about this and really wants to learn together, whether or not they know it or not, but that's great. Versus, well, my teacher's so dumb. Well, it's, it's these and knows apathy. nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it's apathy. It's like one of those things that the teacher goes like, well, I don't know. And then like, it's like, well, I don't know, but that's not what we're talking about. Right, right. Whereas like another way is like, I don't know. Let's, let's figure that out. And then you Dive take the moment right and you do that, right? Right. And like, I think that that's kind of an expectation that some parents i mean like i could probably have those misconceptions if i stay if i wasn't in the classroom and looking at it possibly from that side all the time is that like you have teachers that are always learning it's like practicing law practicing teaching practicing medicine they have to have pd as well right (laughs) and oh and that's like the biggest thing right i mean you have all these teachers that have no pd because we can't afford it and they're not teachers because I will say that's not, not because just they're not, teachers. not teachers. It's because they're not there yet. Like they don't have the training and like professional development would be a great way to do that. This is just a reminder that the Delta is a member of the Heartland Collective. Join us as we grow this show into a reflection of our lives where family, school, life, science, and politics all converge. Visit theheartlandcollective.com for more shows and articles and become a part of our growing community. Also, you can check out some of our family projects at classroomhive.com, like our family YouTube channel, Stink Finks, our published hand-painted children's book, Dharma and Eldon, or our new adult fiction, the Miori series, featuring the fates and gods from Greek mythology with a modern-day spin. Another way to be transparent about progressive parenting in the heartland, classroomhive.com. And now back to our show. I feel like there's a lot of... Okay, maybe not a lot. Continuous I don't learning know. not happening. Continuing education units, as our CEUs is what ours are. We have so many CEUs that we can do. Mm-hmm. Do we go and how many of them allow you to sign to get that signing practice with different things? I have been saying it for years that our that we are in desperate need of interpreters. Yeah. But when I look at the workshops and what are actually going to help me, right there, I want to go to one that's going to one, make me a little bit scared to have to sign with other people. Now, because I've been doing that more and more, I am now more confident and I'm okay with going and putting my hands up and signing and practicing with a group of people. I don't know. That's fine. Some other interpreters are way different. I realize that, but the, content with the CEUs and the fact that there are so few interpreters, you got to step up your game. And I feel like that same thing with PD and teachers, although I don't, I don't know everything that they have to go to. I, I know that you are an educator. You were a high school teacher who had PD. Do Mm -hmm. I know what that involved? Not really. But if you're saying they need better opportunities, well, I'm saying maybe that is more than one field. Right. And I think I think that that that's it. that's the really interesting thing that you're bringing up, because I want you to tell us kind of what's happening in places where there's interpreting going mm-hmm. on and what the issues that they're having right now with interpreters, because I think it's a foreshadowing. I think it's a, a prophecy, if we're not careful, about where we could find ourselves with the entire education system. So when you're talking about 
You mean the lack of interpreters? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just how is that working out for the deaf community based on... Well, there's always been kind of a lack of interpreting majors. I mean, we've always needed more interpreters. COVID hit, and at the end of your interpreting experience, I don't know about all colleges, how they do it, but we have internships. Each internship is, back when I was in school, I had to take two. 150 hours each so I had 300 hours that I had to do and I did them right in a row one semester after another and you go out and you get to do all of it yeah everything I mean you can do medical mental health legal anything education anything because you have a mentor right and for a long time there the mentorship program when I signed up after I'd been interpreting for a while and I, and I could not get my hands on any good content for continuing education. Right. And I struggled to advance for a long time. And so I was looking and looking. So I decided to do a mentorship with my boss and she filled it out. And every goal said something about in the, cause I really wanted to do medical in the medical setting, blah, 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 had multiple goals. It came back and it was denied. Mm -hmm. So I called and I said, why? And they said, well, you can do a mentorship, but you, and you can go one level above. Right. And I said, well, that's great. That's medical, mental health and legal. That's everything I want to do. I mean, I only want to do really medical for like to start off with, but that, I mean, other than that's level, I was level three. I wanted level four. Mm -hmm. Uh, and level five was level five is like more severe crimes and stuff like that. Not ready for that. But, they they said, oh, well, you can go one level above, but you can't do medical, mental health, or legal. Like that's and I was like, that's, that's everything yeah, that that's... I want to do, and that's everything else. And they're like, no, you can do, like, community stuff. And I was like, I can do community stuff now. Right. It's literally, it's it's so weird, because now they don't have a one and a two. They used to have a one to five. Now they don't have one and two. Now they have one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So, but if you looked at the old system, it was pretty much three and four was where everything was. Right. Practically. Right. And so then you COVID hit and all these students can't get their internship hours Mm -hmm. and they can't go into hospitals. They can't go into doctor's offices. Everything is limited to only a few people. So there was this huge I'm wondering if the same thing was with student teachers. You're talking about student teachers now. I feel like, like teaching went back pretty quickly. No, I'm talking, but I'm saying like during COVID too, like there's uh-huh. this, there's this break. Oh yeah. Like I'm making parallels yeah, yeah. here. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. No, I know. Ahead. Get so, with it, Tina. Yeah, Sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Suck it up. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that's, that's what I was asking as far as like you had this gap where people couldn't finish their internships and. And some, some were able to do it online, but that is nowhere near the experience. I remember it was quite a few years ago where I was interpreting and then all of a sudden it was crazy. It was years after I had graduated years after I had been interpreting. You really do need that hands on. Right. Where I just go, Oh my gosh, ASL. I think I fully get it now. Yeah. Which is crazy when you think about the time that I had been interpreting, Mm -hmm. you know, and you found your magic. I found my magic. (laughs) I'm a wizard, Tina. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. That's one thing I also like about your teaching magic is that I remember talking to my 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 middle school 
social studies, civics teacher, Mrs. Jones. Don't remember her first name. Mrs. Jones. Always only where first, first all name we did whatever. was try to talk, get her to talk about her cats. Right. So that we would not have to continue with the lesson. Right. And she did it so many times. Mm-hmm. But every time I think about you, I think about her because you have this magical way. See what I did there? Uh-huh. Magical way of anything we're talking about. I'm just going to start dropping things into the pod just into the podcast just to see if you can like slowly circle your way back to the conversation (laughs) that we were talking about. You just have this way of bringing it back to whatever we were talking about. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean like that's what it is as far as like now here it is. That's what it is like now I'm working from home and I don't really see the entire world. But that's why it's because I'm trying to do that PD thing because a lot of these teachers don't actually have that going on. But it's like I'm alone and the whole goal of like I'm alone now, like sitting at my desk all the time. But like the whole goal is to make sure they don't feel alone and they have that connectivity with one another to be able to share ideas and do all so of So they're telling you stuff. not to be alone while at the same time. It's kind of weird like that. You're yeah. alone. Don't yeah. let all these other teachers be alone, but you'll be at your house. You'll be by alone. Yourself. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that like it really comes down to like we want quality teachers to be in the classroom and like find their magic, find their way to be able to be coming to their own. And we're going to lose them faster than we can get them because we're already starting to lose them from rural areas. And we keep like bribing them to stay with, with four day weeks and all that kind of stuff when really they just need like super big support and professional development that actually makes them continue to learn and actually feels like they're embedded in their community like the community accepts them and really, really wants them there. So any kind of critiques on that, you're like, well, what happens to the town if the school goes? I mean, not all communities are dependent on the school, but like there are a lot of rural communities yeah. that like that's the lifeblood of their town. And when you look at how we're going with um, your thing of interpreting, it was like they raised the stakes because they kind of lowered the stakes. Like they lowered it. Because they knew that they needed interpreters, right? Yep. So they kind of shifted it around to make up for that debt. And then all of a sudden, like, well, we kind of went too far. And now we've got to rein it back in. So then they raised all of the stakes again. So now it's really hard again to get certain jobs and find interpreters that are qualified to do the jobs yes. now. And I'm looking at that and going, that's what's going to happen possibly with us. Like, we're dropping off, like, all the requirements. Like, when I left the classroom... It was so many years that I could not teach chemistry without having certain things. Like I was going to take the right. test, but there was no demand for it at my school for me to like invest every single year into that. And then like my last two years, it was like, you don't need you don't need a special certification for that. You're like, really? Wild. And it's just like, yeah, we're just lowering it because we're so desperate. And what my concern is, is that eventually you're going to have all of the schools. How great were you at chemistry? I was, I mean, I took organic chem and all that kind of stuff in school, but right. I didn't take the, I didn't go get the certification test. Right. Like there was a special test whenever I was doing that, that you had to take to do that or so many but hours still of a degree. Accepted. Huh? It was still accepted. Well, I was, I was working with a mentor and all that kind of stuff because. Right, right, right. But like during that point in time, you can get a temporary certification. That's what, that's what yeah. it was at one point in yeah. time. And I was working toward that. And then before I had to like finish that all out, they had already dropped the requirement. And it, went, and it was because all of that was happening at the same time. And I'm, I'm afraid that that's what's going to happen. So like you're going to have all these teachers that that have been taught 
some of it the science and some of them that just walk in and they can't find their magic because they leave disheartened because they didn't have guidance to they didn't, they didn't have a Dumbledore. Like that's it. Right. They didn't have that. They never had that. Anytime we say the word magic, can you just throw like the Harry one of the Harry Potter um wiggle wiggle swish swish <laughs> <laughs> The Delta is produced by Nicholas and Christina Lingi as part of the Heartland Collective. Music by Joseph Gabriel Pagenberg. All statements and opinions are from Nicholas and Christina Lingi only and do not reflect any of the organizations that they work with. One last reminder that the Heartland Collective has media as well as other podcasts and to check out glassfromhive.com to see some of our family projects. And we'll talk again another time. Music